Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. And right now, we're going to be speaking with Miles Joris Perafit, and he is the director of a film called As You Are. It's the story no of worries. it's the story of uh, Jack is a high school student who lives with his single mom, Karen, in a nondescript suburban town, considered a social outcast and loner. Jack is friendless until Karen's boyfriend, Tom, moves in and brings his, his son, Mark, into their lives. And from there, it's this remarkable relationship, as well as with their friend Sarah. This this triangle of sorts becomes the uh, the story behind, or the the uh, the catalyst behind this wonderful film, as you are, Miles. Welcome to film school. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so yeah, welcome. It's, <laughs> Sorry it's about funny that. in your intro. You were talking about the other interviews and. That I was, my girlfriend was just writing an essay on film, the Buster Keaton movie. It's incredible. Oh. I want to tune back in to hear that piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, get her on the phone. We want to tell her all about it. We'll listen to it. Uh, so uh, later on, we'll be speaking with Ross. It is truly, Buster Keaton happens to be one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. So it was wonderful to, oh, see, yeah. to see him in his later years, obviously way past his silent era um, prime, but still a remarkable performer and a very gifted artist. But we're here to talk about As You Are, and tell me a little bit right. about how you sort of came. I know that you collaborated with your good friend uh, Madison Harrison on writing this, but where does the story sort of come from? Yeah, you know, I mean, it started off with a short film that I made. I went to uh, film school at Bard College, um, where I was able to study with some of my favorite filmmakers and sort of as, you know, I was getting into my junior and senior year thinking about having to make a thesis film in a short. I really wanted to make something that was going to, you know, help me sort of introduce me to the industry in a way, something that wasn't just going to die after school, but something that I was going to be able to try and make into a feature. Um, and so, you know, the story kind of, I grew up in Albany, me and my best friend Madison um, both grew up in Albany. And when I was at Bard, I was driving back and forth a lot, visiting friends and just, you know, we started making films in this sort of landscape in, in the Hudson Valley. And it's, so you know, it's where we used to pretend was Middle Earth when we would remake Lord of the Rings movies and things <laughs> like that. So it was always like a landscape that I was really interested in. Um and these characters are sort of characters we've been thinking about for a while. So, you know, this we made the short, and it was um, it wasn't great, but it served its purpose. And through that, we sort of were had been acting for a while in films and acted in this kind of in this horror movie out in Seattle. And the producer of that had produced like the Obvious Child and True Scott Emanuel and all these films that I knew. And you know, him and I hit it off, and sort of offered, you know, you want to make this thing into a feature, which. Us was insane because we had, you know, just graduated college and weren't expecting that anyone would actually let us make a film for uh, at least twenty years. Yeah. Well, and I know that uh, in reading up about your film, uh, as you are, that uh, you were a fan of these coming of age films, but I you felt that they weren't. There was a certain perspective that's usually 
they're told from and that that might have played it. Tell me a little bit about how that played into how how this film um, came to be. Totally. I mean, you know, really, I think it came more from a from a sort of a un, unhappiness with what most coming of age stories were doing. The sort of the perspective, the nostalgia, the fact that the sort of problems that teenagers face or feel sort of condescended to in a lot of things about teenagers because it's kind of, you know, it's this transitory age. It's this age where you're becoming the person you'll actually be. And to me, that was kind of uninteresting because when you are that age, the whole point is it's the first time you're experiencing these things. The intensity is so strong and it's so real. And throughout the rest of your life, you learn how to kind of, you know, subdue those emotions and subdue those reactions. So to me and to Madsen, the co-writer, and I think everyone who was a part of the film, our real intention was let's make a movie about these kids that deals with their problems with the sort of cinematic severity that a movie about adults would deal with. It. Let's give them the respect and let's give them the sort of attention to what's going on with them that we feel so often is, you know, um, yeah, condescended to or, or, or not given, not validated in a way. Yeah, and I, I really like about your film um... – is that it is definitely from uh, that perspective. I felt that when I was watching it, that the adults in the film are are they're they're just they're they're kind of the um, dramatic foils for a lot of what happens to these three um, these these three people, and it, it has that sort of uh, messiness. To to the characters and the, and their and their interactions and their and and frankly in their ability to sort of navigate their world of high school and beyond. So I like that. I like that in a film where these characters are flawed and they're doing the best they can, but they're also relatable as well. So I, I felt that watching the film. Yeah, and for us, the adults are also really important because I think that a lot of times adults are just strictly villainous in these kind of movies, you know, and for us, it was important to also, that's part of the reason why the film is set in 94 when it's set is because it's also about these adults who are trying to figure out their own identities, you know, and how they identify themselves in these sort of, um, these parallel struggles for identity that everyone is sort of facing and unable to communicate through, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was terrific, and it's a terrific cast as well. Tell me a little bit about casting, because obviously, I don't know who's the most important character. I think maybe you could make the argument that Mark, who's played by Charlie Heaton, is certainly the the person who comes into the world, the, of, of Jack's world, and, and really shakes things up, but then Sarah as well. But how would you describe the sort of the internal dynamics of this uh, of these three people? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think that they, they're all people who are who are looking for something, and you know, and this is a time where online communities aren't something that young people are reaching out to. It just doesn't really exist to that capacity. So you sort of have to look around, you know, look around you and look around your community and find these people. And when there are these people who come in and, and affect you in a way and understand you and you bond with that sort of becomes everything. And so for us, it was really about making a film that captured the excitement and the scariness and the, and the um, power of, of those relations and the sloppiness of them. And the fact that you don't, you know, these people are trying to figure out what their relationship means at the same time that the audience is trying to figure out what their relationship means. 
Yeah. Um, so for us, it isn't necessarily about, you know, a more important character or a character who sort of is, a, you know, the foil or something. It's really about let's, let's observe these people in this space um, and, and sort of watch them grow and watch them face difficulties and see how they overcome them and see sort of what, how the culture around them is telling them that problems that need to be overcome, you know, um, which is sadly, and I think still through violence. Um, so that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it's, well, is it as well as, um, you know, Mark is just someone who is willing to take chances and Jack who he, he isn't. And Amanda comes in and is sort of, uh, yeah, sort of the X factor in, in both of their lives. They're not quite, I mean, one of them is more certain about his relationship with him, uh, with uh, Sarah than the other one is. And I don't want to give a lot away because I want people to run out and to see as you are. But uh, there is definitely, uh, you know, most of the dramatic tension is between the two boys in terms of just how they affect one another's uh, lives. I mean, that's, they just do. And, um Totally, yeah. Yeah. I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Miles Joris Perafit, and he he is the director of a new film called As You Are. For those of you listening to the sound of my voice, our voices here at KUCI, the film is opening at uh, the uh, Lemley NoHo, which is in North Hollywood today. You, um, Miles, are in uh, Albany, New York for the opening. You're going to be doing a Q&A there as well for the show, so... Uh, I'm sure it'll go well. Are you one? Yeah, we're really excited. You know, we shot this movie in Albany, and to be able to bring it back here is really great. And also, it's so exciting now to be able to be playing in L.A. and have all of my friends and stuff up there be able to go see it finally and know what, you know, we've been doing for the last two years. (laughs) Yeah. Well, before we get to the principals, uh, let's talk about a little bit about the adults. You've got Mary Stewart Masterson and Scott Cohen uh, as the adults, the 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 father and the mother in the film. And it's good to see Mary Stuart Masterson. It's been a, a little while since I've seen her in anything. She uh, she did a good job here, as well as did uh, um, uh, Scott Cohen. Um, so it was, yeah. What was that? Now, in terms of a film like this, I, I, I'm sure you, there wasn't a lot of money involved. Uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So what what's the process for you to, you know, did you have her in mind? Did something happen or her and Scott in mind? Um, how did that sort of unfold in we, terms of getting them? Yeah, I mean, we definitely had her in mind. It was the kind of thing, you know, with all the casting, given this is our first sort of time around and didn't have anything to really show, you know, that we were competent or capable people. Um, it really came down to, you know, Mary Stewart, read the script and we met and you know and she i I think she understood it on a really like molecular level Mm -hmm. um which was incredible you know incredible validation for for all of us because mary zermaston is somebody who we've watched in so many films and somebody who i love so much as a as an actor so that was incredible and scott you know scott actually saved our necks because he came in i think one day before he started shooting his scenes, uh-huh. um, and I wasn't very familiar with his work, and we were kind of scrambling, and the first stuff we were shooting with him was in this interrogation room, and I remember before we started shooting, being like, okay, well, 
this is the moment. This is the moment I'm going to know if this thing is going to work or not. And after the first take, I remember everyone just looking at each other and being like, oh, my gosh, we've really lucked out. This guy is incredible. Um, But it was, yeah, it was incredible to work with them. You know, it was the first time I'd actually worked with adult actors. Um, So it was really scary to a certain degree because I didn't know how to communicate uh, with them at first. Um, But really, those are both such generous uh, actors and performers that, it, it was easy. They were so present and so willing to sort of dive into this world and play by its rules and suggest things and, and, and just kind of give, give themselves over to it entirely. I was incredibly grateful for that. Yeah. And John Scurdy also who played the detective. Yeah. Yeah. You'll know him from, yeah, you've seen him in a lot of stuff. It, we just were running short on time and I hate to do this to you, but I do want to talk about, about Charlie Heaton uh, and Owen Campbell as well as, uh, Mandela Stenberg. Uh, I have to say, Charlie Heaton reminds me a little bit of R- River Phoenix, uh, and I'm I'm not sure if that's fair to him, but uh, I, I thought he was really terrific. As was, I mean, uh, the, the young actors in here are terrific. So uh, congratulations on, on rounding them up. Yeah, thank you. They're really just the most incredible people. I mean, I think that it, you know, Charlie Heaton is an unbelievable actor and is his own person, yeah. you know, and is not River Phoenix. But I think that there is also it's sort of difficult to not recognize the, the sort of similarities. And I think that part of that has less to do with actually their appear, their appearance and more to do with the way that they kind of, you know, Carried are captured yeah. on camera. They are, you know, Charlie has an unbelievable charisma in front of the character, in front of the camera and an unbelievable capacity for empathy. that I think is also something I've ever seen. Had. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they both, Charlie and Owen both came in and auditioned. Um, you know, Charlie from England, so he sent in a bunch of tapes and was originally trying out for Jack. And once we cast Owen, who we just kind of discovered, and he came into audition, hadn't read the script and know the lines, and just sort of looked at us. And we were all like, oh man, this guy's look isn't like the way he looks at us is riveting. We could watch this guy look at stuff forever. Yeah. Um, and so after we sort of realized that he was the one for that, Charlie read for Mark, and it was, you know, we knew it was going to be a home run with them too. And Amanda was actually the first person we cast, and I was just such a huge fan of her and her politics and her kind of presence uh, as a human being, not just as an actor. That it um, that we were really lucky; it all worked out. Yeah, well, it's a wonderful film. The film again is as you are. It is, as I said, is the U.S. Dramatic Special Jury Award winner at the Sundance Film Festival. Uh, obviously, uh, a wonderful uh, accolade for you. How, if people want to go to find out more about the film, where can they go? Uh, we have a website. I think it's asyouaremovie.com. There's also a Facebook group for As You Are Movie. Um, our, you know, Instagram and Twitter Great. always have have the newest, the freshest beats. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I really, truly thank you. I look forward to your future work. I hope next time you come up with something, uh, you'll find some time to join us again. Um, come back here on film school totally all right great well thank, thank you. you so much for having me oh thank you so much you've been listening to film school radio the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films you can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com i'm your host mike caspar Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.